Today on the news and why it matters, Bernie Sanders triples down on his love and praise of Fidel Castro. Also, Joe Biden thinks he's running for United States Senate. And U.S. officials warn that a coronavirus epidemic in America is inevitable. We've got a lot to discuss, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today once again joined by the one and only Glenn Beck himself. Hello. Who, another great day for you to be here. Yeah. We've got Bernie Sanders, who you're talking about in your special tomorrow. Tomorrow night, a uh, hair-raising special, and actually one that my daughter said to me. I said, all right, so what do you think of this? The, the race and the debate. And she said, I'm voting for Bernie Sanders, my daughter. And I said... Excuse me? I mean, you're already out of the will. Uh, and she said, I, I'm, she said, Dad, Donald Trump is nuts and he's dangerous. And I said, really? I want you to watch tomorrow night's special. So she's actually coming in oh, wow. to watch it be done. I, I wrote it with the writers and the researchers with her in mind. So if you know somebody who's like, Donald Trump is crazy and Bernie Sanders, he's he's like you know, Larry Sanders. No, he's not. Mm. He's not. I will show you who's around him, what, who he really is. It's terrifying. Mm, I can't wait to, uh, to see that tomorrow night. Also, Giancarlo Sopo in the house, uh, the Blaze.com's own Giancarlo Sopo. Okay. And on his maiden voyage on the show, Michael Malice, a podcast host of You're Welcome. Yes. Michael Malice in the house. Your first visit to the studio. It is. So we'll try, not, we'll try not to be too hard. First visit to Dallas. Yeah, it's my favorite show, too. Oh, wow. Dallas? Yeah, it's the greatest show in the history, I <laughs> oh, think. Oh, no, it was great. Yeah, I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> no, I, 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 got the, I got that impression <laughs> <Yeah>. quickly. <laughs> uh, a lot to get into. First, uh, on, the, on the eve of the next Democrat debate, which is tonight, yeah. because they just can't stop torturing us with all of these debates, uh, they had a town hall, a CNN town hall, for all of the Democratic presidential candidates. Uh, I don't know what there is left to say, but apparently there is something left to say. And uh, Chris Cuomo pressed Bernie Sanders on his recent comments about Fidel Castro. I think maybe giving him the opportunity to, like, walk back some things or clarify some nope. things. No, that's not what he did. Watch. So to the Democrats who say... You don't say good things about Fidel Castro. He uh, destroyed freedoms in that country. He played, picked winners and losers and killed them and put them in prison forever. You don't give him a pat on the back for anything. You don't give, it's not a quite, truth is truth. All right? Now, if you want to disagree with me, if somebody wants sense. to say. That's what he's saying. That, and by the way, all of those Congress people that you mentioned just so happen to be supporting other candidates. Just accidentally, no doubt. Coincidentally. But, you know, the truth is the truth. And that's what happened in the first years of the Castro regime. The truth first, is the truth. Absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. I mean, this is a it's guy. It's not like you had a grandfather who was killed by Castro. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, it's absolutely insane. So, like, this guy won't go to an APAC event, but he'll praise Castro because truth is truth. This guy can't yeah. say good things about America. Yeah. America is always bad. Donald Trump is always bad. But can you imagine anyone, and I don't mean a conservative, I mean anyone, anyone saying the Audubon, 
Yeah. You know, it's a really great Volkswagen. Have you driven yeah. a Volkswagen? Have you read the diary? Right. He's got jokes in it. George I mean, Wallace has just got jokes in it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love you. Can you imagine someone saying, like, you know, like, yeah, George Wallace did some bad things, but he had, like, some really good anti-poverty programs in Alabama. Look, the Klan brought a community together. Wait a minute. What are you, nuts? I'm going to defend Bernie a little bit because it is the fault of the right wing that you can do things like this and get away with it. It is the fault of the right wing who have not taught Americans the dangers and horrors of communism because you sure as heck can't expect the New York Times, which is as of now writing articles, happy birthday, Marx, and how women had more intercourse under communism to expect them to tell the truth when they have decades of blood on their hands. I have to tell you. As somebody a part of that generation, I'm the oldest person at this table. By far. So, <laughs> I just said Did I you like still, yeah, do you, do you want to walk those Facts are facts, yeah. like Bernie said. Facts are facts, Len. <laughs> so, truth is a truth. I do love We're in for a hell of a so, show. Here's the, here, here's the, here's, I've lost my train of thought. Uh, Don't say trains are on Bernie. That's a bad yeah, you know, no. metaphor. Um, what, were, what the hell were we just talking about? You're talking about, about you're old enough to remember when the New York Times was oh, covering this I'm stuff. I'm old enough Mr. to Biden. be a part of, of that generation that when September 11th happened yeah. and we got to the other side and people, then the left started to say, well, no, now wait a minute. You know, America did some bad things. After we united there for about two months, it started falling apart. There was this time that people of my age went, did you know that half the country felt this way? Because I really thought everybody believed the same kind of stuff. I thought we all thought capitalism was pretty good and America has, you know, made mistakes, but it's generally pretty good. We had no idea that there was this machine that was just raping our children's minds and taking our history. No idea. Yeah, this is like having like Noam Chomsky running for president or something like that. It's just absolutely insane. Um, the other thing too is that like he just he's like grossly distorting the Cuban literacy program. Yeah, of course you can get a bunch of people to read if you show up at their house with a gun, <laughs> you know, and you're and you're gonna say, look, I'm gonna indoctrinate your children. Um, so like I, I think we talked about it yeah on, on yesterday's radio program. Like before the Cuban Revolution, Cuba already had one of the highest literacy rates in Latin America. So it's not like Castro did anything great or anything like that. Um, and then just to focus on the literacy program and ignore... You also had snappy uniforms. Yeah, right. right. Like, like to focus on like the literacy program and like ignore all the people who were like killed by firing squad and people who uh, died in, like, on the Florida Straits trying to come here on a raft. This is absolutely... Like, it's just what he said about grotesque. homosexuals, what he said about blacks. Wait, yeah. well, I mean, all of, the, what, all of these... What is the point of having literacy programs if the vast majority of publications are illegal? Right. Uh, yeah, sure. One hundred percent of people can read, but only that which the government approves. And if you're using that wanted literacy toward reading something that is wrong or sharing with someone, you and possibly your family, depending on the country, are going to prison. So let's talk about these literacy programs and what they mean in practice. It's not we're going to educate the population and encourage them to form their own ideas and have their own principles. No, we're going to teach them to read so they can obey what we tell them by law. This seems crazy to a lot of people. But tomorrow you will see the people around Bernie Sanders, not like distant. Well, he was once at a party. No, I mean people he is currently paying to help him on his campaign. Believe that today. Yes. That when they take power, they will sort through the people and say, yep, you need a re-education. You need to go over here. You're not worth it. It's happening now. Elizabeth Warren is saying explicitly and publicly that it is the responsibility of social media companies to decide what is news and what is untruth. 
and that is very much the totalitarian model, the, mm-hmm. specifically the fascist model, where you have corporations and the business working together to decide what's voracious and what is uh, uh, a fallacy or heresy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we've got another Democrat debate tonight, right? As, wait. Uh, really? Yeah, because there's they've gotten so vicious and shameless. It's yeah, hilarious like to it, watch. Yeah. It's like now, wrestling. It's, now, I just now wish that there Bloomberg hadn't been 10 in. million yeah. previous to this. I also feel like they lose voters whenever people watch them. You don't know, like, I'm friends with a lot of well, Democrats. A lot bad of, news, nobody's watching. Yeah. <laughs> but like, no, it had a record. Yeah. It had a world record. The record. Yeah, I think that's because a because lot of those are so conservatives. It's us. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. talking. My social media feed has been full these past few days of, like, you know, like center left people who I, I, I'd say that they're more like Biden voters. Uh, who live in the suburbs of Miami-Dade County, which is absolutely a crucial battleground for Democrats in 2020, just saying flat out, if Bernie Sanders is a nominee, I am voting for Donald Trump or I'm staying home. So, and, and these are Hispanics. So he is in, a, like, the Democrats are in a world of trouble heading into 2020. They're also in a world of trouble. I'm, I'm from Brooklyn uh, with Jewish Americans. Yep. Because when, if one thing, <coughs> if someone is on the fence, but if you're being this brazen about, you know, I'm with the Palestinians, I'm not a supporter of Israel. Uh, you know, it's really ironic because I wrote a book on the new right and I was at Charlottesville. I've interviewed these Nazis. Given Bloomberg, Sanders, Trump, the Nazi vote's going to go for Sanders, and the irony is he's basically a walking, talking caricature of, mm-hmm. of, of uh, anti-Semitism. So it's, it's very bizarre what's happening in our politics mm-hmm. nowadays. But the, the thing that you pointed out is correct. He will always keep doubling down, and you have to somewhat, I guess, credit that he's not changing his message for, and this is going to give him support. Well, he is sticking to his literal guns. Well, and does it trouble you? Uh, the, I mean, I heard quite a bit of applause when he responded, truth is truth, and was very unapologetic. I, they certainly didn't, you know... I think uh, people admire sincerity or what they perceive to be sincerity and, and the person speaking yeah, I their mind. I think he actually has a lot of... I mean, I looked up something from him um, uh, from a, a, a magazine or a newspaper called The Militant in 1986 <laughs> or something like that. Um, and we broke some uh, news this morning on Bernie Sanders and, and you find it at glenbeck.com. In this article, he talks about, look, most police forces and all of us on the left, this is right after he was elected as the mayor, we all know that the police force all around the country is filled with fascists and Nazis. But ours, in our town, is not because these are trade unionists. And so they are coming out because they're our union brothers, okay? It's crazy. It's crazy what what he's talking about in this. He's not changed. Right. He's the same guy. He's not going to back away from the Soviet Union because he is. Barack Obama was a Marxist. We know that. He hung out with Marxists. But he also wanted to be president. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he made a deal and he surrounded himself with all of the Hillary Clinton Democrat people. So when he got in, the reason why he had the adoring crowds is because people saw him as a transformational president. To us on the on the right, he was, but he's not Bernie Sanders. I mean, I've talked to people who were in that administration who were real radicals, and they said the reason why we really kind of fell apart is because he was listening to the he was listening to the advice of all of the Hillary Clinton and Democratic advisors, and he was just trying to play the game. That's the difference between him and Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders doesn't want to play the game. Like Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders wants to blow the game up. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I tweeted on, I think, February 9th that I expect Bernie to start getting the Trump treatment from the corporate press, maybe not to that extent. And within two weeks, he was compared uh, to Trump by someone at CNN. And then we saw Chris Wallace basically using an analogy comparing uh, Bernie to Hitler. So it's going to be unprecedented in, in our lifetimes and even in yours, Glenn, uh, to have... <laughs> We didn't have television or (laughs) or the vote for anybody. Uh, To have two people that the corporate press is against. Uh, This is something that's going to be very new in our politics, and I'm very excited to see it because I looked at all the polls for the upcoming states. Bernie's leading in every single one of them uh, except South Carolina, where Biden has a small lead, and I think he's tied in one state. So I don't see a path to stop him. And if you looked at Nevada, he had enough votes as much as Buttigieg, Biden, and Warren combined. So even if you had that 2016 scenario, people thought if everyone gets behind Rubio, you could stop Trump. If everyone got behind, let's suppose, Buttigieg, that still wouldn't be enough to stop Sanders at this point. Uh, up next, Joe Biden. He, you know, We're talking about the election. He is not quite sure what election he's in. He thinks he might be running for U.S. Senate. Uh, we will get into that. But first, you know, Michael here was talking about Elizabeth Warren and how she wants to she's already looking at censoring, you know, people on on big tech, on Facebook, on Twitter, on all of these social medias. Conservative voices are being silenced daily by left wing tech companies who are profiting uh, off of exploiting your privacy. And then when you say something that they don't like, they just ban you. They just silence you. Uh, More and more, our sacred right, the right to speak freely, has come under assault in places that were designed for us to just share our opinions freely. And, uh, you know, you're just forced to play by their rules. Whatever they want goes. They have this iron fist. Uh, until now. Introducing Parler, which is the news and free speech app that will not silence your opinion or violate your privacy for financial gain. You just got to download the app, uh, create your account, post, share, and speak freely. Now, obviously, you can't threaten violence. You can't commit actual acts of hate, harass, commit other crimes. I'm sorry, Glenn. Man. I'm very sorry (laughs) to burst your bubble here. But we know that's not who you are. You're not going to do that anyway. And uh, they're not just subjectively picking and choosing winners and losers, depending on what your ideology is. You got to go to Parler.com now. Visit the App Store today also to download Parler. I'm also on Parler. You can follow me. It's at Sarah Gonzalez TX. It's super easy to use, and you never know when uh, when you're going to be silenced by those big tech companies, you got to go to parlor.com. That is P A R L E R.com or find it in the App Store. Joe Biden in South Carolina was uh, speaking to a crowd, and you know, we talk about these Joe Biden gaffes, right? And he's yes. had a number of them. But I'm not sure that any of them can top this one. Here is Joe Biden talking about how he I don't I I can't make sense of it. He's running for U.S. Senate. And if you don't like him, you can vote for the other Biden. I don't know. Gentlemen, I want to get your thoughts. And you're the ones that sent Barack Obama the presidency. And I have a simple proposition here. I'm here to ask you for your help where I come from. You don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other guy. Give me a look, though, okay? That's all I've really got to say to you. Oh, my God. God bless this man. <laughs> Is he jokingly really? quoting the things at the end of the ads where you have to say, I endorse this message? Is that what he's no, quoting? No, I think he's, I think, I mean, let's be really, let's do what they never do for us and be really gracious and give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh. He said that since 1970. <laughs> okay, he has. Yeah, he yeah, said, vote yeah. for me. I'm running for you. Yeah. My name is Joe Biden. But he, but. 
a, a thinking person would catch that. Yeah, yeah, and right. he didn't say vote for the other bot. He said he was trying to say, I think, vote for the other guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's like, that was just him in okay. you know, full-fledged, I haven't had my cup of pills yet. So, so I'm uh, Joe Biden and vote for me. I'm Michael Malice. I'm from the Soviet Union, right? I, we do like cruelty as an art form, but yeah. I've reached my limit. I feel very bad for this man. Yeah. At this point, he is. it's very unfortunate. He did. There's a lot of awful things you can say about Joe Biden, corrupt this and that. To have him go on that debate stage and have Kamala Harris look him in the face and call him a crypto Klansman and a crypto racist and, and have this happen to be his, like you were saying earlier, to be his kind of farewell is very, very unfortunate and very, very sad. It's terrible for him. Like, yeah. you know, like, and especially, I, I don't want to be too harsh on him because the alternative is now Bernie Sanders as the nominee, but I just feel like really bad for him. Well, you would hope that someone in his life loves him enough to just tell him, you ha- Joe, you have to go well, home. Maybe they're on crack rest. at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've been. Re- what I there. used to be replying to Joe Biden's tweets with a picture of a pipe. Uh, and then people would correct me that that's not a crack pipe, that there's a meth pipe. And the egg was on my face. Right. Uh, <laughs> how foolish of me yeah. to have the wrong pipe to reply to the right. egg. But I've stopped. Because I yeah. do think at this point, this is, it's not even beating a dead horse, it's just beating a dead horse's skeleton. Yeah, I, I am not so far down the road where I feel sorry for him <laughs> you don't because feel- I just got out of the investigation of Ukraine. So yeah. I really don't have right. a lot of sympathy for what he, he's, he's done some really bad things. However, with that being said, I don't think he ever really wanted to run this time. Right. I don't know why he ran, but I don't think he ever really wanted to run. And it, this whole campaign, at least to, from my POV, is he's, he's almost begging people, don't vote for me. You know, hey, you know, well, I got to pick a vice president, but you can rest assured the one I'm going to pick. Because, hey, I'm no spring chicken. And everybody laughs. And he's like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> it's almost like he brought out his chest x-rays. Yeah. said, look, I think that might be a tumor. You don't know. I just feel bad for the sense of any elderly person who's clearly in cognitive decline. I, I, I mean, at yes. a certain point, you'd be like, let's just go home, get you some tea. And yeah. you don't need this. Yeah. He, he, it's sad to watch someone, Johnny Carson... Uh, uh, he left The Tonight Show because he said, before I start to decline, I want to I go. I want to yeah. leave. Um, and, you know, you can remember Joe Biden as many things, but nobody wants to be remembered as he's going to be remembered now. Well, and to your point, Glenn, um, you know, he doesn't just say, no, I'm serious, I'm old. He actually, when pressed, he says... Don't vote for me. Go vote for someone else. Yeah, I like I mean, that. So he's yeah. asked to he's asked to lay his case out to the to the people of Iowa, for instance, and he says, "I'm not going to do it." I like angry old man Biden. Get off my lawn, Biden, because there's been at least three or four instances where he's actually yelled at people, raised yeah. his voice, where someone's like, "We won't open borders," and and Biden literally turned his back on the guy and says, "Vote for Trump." And it was like, "All right, I like this kind of like crazy old man. What are your hands on my lawn?" But th- this is I can't take pleasure in this. Yeah, look fat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, like his moment to run was 2016 and in 2020. But in 2016, I think I think his son his son had just passed away, Bo Biden. Um, so and Hillary froze him out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was his time, but I don't think he really wanted it this time. Yeah. For the first time, maybe in perhaps his entire life, I don't think he wants it. We haven't even gotten to the plagiarism and the hair sniffing. That's how hard yeah. he's fallen, how quickly. Right. Pete, what about Pete Buttigieg? Uh, do you, is he, should he even still be in this race? Okay, I, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat, okay? Oh. And we are very taught certain things that you can't bring up because conspiracy theory and you're a crazy person. 
I do not understand how the mayor of a town that, and I apologize to the people from Indiana, who most of us, at least New Yorkers, can't find on a map, becomes a legitimate contender for the presidency. That does not add up to me that there must be some forces of some kind behind him making this happen. Because <laughs> it's even to have the idea of the, being a mayor of Trenton to be, I'm going to run for president, that sounds psychotic. And the fact that he pulled it off, I don't know. He, he like, I, I will say, like, he's extremely slick. Sure, but he's, he's a very keen speaker. He does have an interesting bio, like bio. Uh, you know, he's served a, served in Afghanistan. He's a Rhodes Scholar, so he has oh, a, like a clever. yeah. So he has a lot of things like working for him. But I don't think his campaign is viable if, if beyond South Carolina. Oh, you're speaking about him. You know, he's he's very suave. He's a good speaker. Biracial. Uh, yeah. I said slick. <laughs> I said slick. No. Uh, he's actually being called out for kind of emulating the speeches of Barack Obama. Here is sort of a side by side of. Is Pete Buttigieg kind of stealing from Barack Obama's old speeches? You decide. The way we do every other election, by giving it to the person who got the most votes. Just a thought. Brings us together. This country was built. It is a movement reaching into church basements and barbershops, into universities and union halls. And if we can light up the neighborhood, then we can light up the city. Shines as a beacon around the world once more. And this is our chance to answer that call. I, I don't know what's crazier, some, whoever figured that out or watching it, because this reminds me a lot of the Rubio moment when uh, Chris Christie said, you can't keep repeating that quote. You're like a robot. And he just did it again. And, and then you're like, OK, this is just not just weird. This is like maybe the face comes off and there's wiring. Underneath. <laughs> so I, now with this new information, I can say technically he's clearly a CIA robot sent to destroy us in the future. <laughs> I'm doing a piss poor job of it, frankly. I have to tell you, I don't mock Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. I mean, but there was enough there. It's not like they, he was just repeating the word the. Yeah. Right? There yeah. were enough phrases in there that were very so similar. I remember when uh, Van Jones left the White House and uh, he kind of went into this, I don't know, dark spell of his life. And I read in some magazine of what he was doing and they said, uh, you know, he's getting ready to, you know, be a adjunct professor at Princeton so they could wash all of his radicalism away. Um, but uh, but also that he had spent the summer studying Ronald Reagan and Ronald Reagan's speeches. And I know I know Van Jones well enough from the distance to know he's not like listening to him to say, oh, no, let me think if he's right. Yeah. He was watching him to study him, to find out the language and the movements and the style because the guy was a chameleon. Uh, you know, it appears that Pete Buttigieg is the same kind of chameleon. Yeah, but you just outed Van Jones. We didn't know this. Everyone's seen this now. So he's doing, <laughs> this is a chameleon that's fluorescent and blinking. It's like, oh, I, I, I can spot right. it very easily. Yeah. He's still surrounded himself, I think, with like a lot of Obama people. Yeah. We're probably just like writing the same speeches for him and saying like, here, have this. <laughs> Scott, man, I mean, you got to be pretty mad at your speechwriter if they've just given you a, a used copy of Obama's speech and told you to go up there and say it. Right? Really, it worked. He's a presidential contender. He's doing yeah. great for Mayor South Bend. I mean, yeah, yes. I don't see his path to the nomination, right? I think this is the path. I think they're freaking out. Uh, just like with Kerry in 2004, when Howard Dean's imploding, it's like, all right, we got it. Okay, this guy will do. This Frankenstein's monster will do. So it's going to be one of them. It's going to be him or Klobuchar that they're going to co coalesce around. You don't think Bloomberg? No, there's no. He, uh, Giuliani's protege, who was never elected as a Democrat, who's a billionaire, who never bothered to compete in Iowa, New Hampshire. I don't see how you sell that to the base. This you can sell to the base. You agree? 
I think I would agree with that. You know, you look at the numbers. I mean, uh, Sanders for Super Tuesday is winning in every state out of the 12, I think, except for two. And one is Minnesota, and that's Klobuchar. Florida, yeah. Alabama. Yeah, and Alabama is Joe Biden. Um, I, I just don't see. I just don't see them stopping um, Bernie Sanders. I, I just don't see it happening. However, you know, the guy could drop dead of a heart attack tomorrow. You, you haven't heard his Access Hollywood tape. <laughs> Nobody will care. <laughs> that's true. At this point, yeah. No if he's defending care. concentration camps, yeah. that's going to be nothing. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. No, he was condemning the concentration camps, but the architects. <laughs> the Henry J. Kaiser Family Foundation uh, just released a latest survey on Medicare for All. This was February 21st, and the survey found, mm-hmm. are you guys ready for this? Mm-mm. No, 67% of those who support Medicare for All think that they will be able to keep their current plans. Only 24% think that they will not be able to. The remaining 9% were unsure, which of course means that less than a fourth of Medicare for All supporters actually understand what the program aims to do. Glenn. What part? What <laughs> Medicare part? for all. Yeah, Medicare for, for all. all. And followed up with, and we got to get out of this private insurance. They've been, we got to get out. This has got to be, this, uh, you know, what part? What is, I used to believe that Americans somewhere, somewhere, just, they weren't paying attention, but they, they would, you know, some point they'd figure <laughs> They're never going to figure this out. They're never. We are on a suicide train to hell. We really are. I mean, to your point. We're all just chugga, chugga, chugga. Hey, bridge is out. 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 Boop, boop. Well, then we're not getting to hell. I'd rather go off the bridge than go to hell, frankly. Well, that's what's at the bottom. It's not earth down there. It's hell. To your point, you know, Michael, you mentioned Bernie. He's very clear about what he wants, right? To your point, almost every single debate they go on stage and he says he wants to eliminate private insurance. Okay, so I just he spells it out. I defended Bernie and I'm going to do the double dare on this show and defend Hillary Clinton. Oh, it has, oh, watch, and you're going to agree with me and I'm going to get you to agree us. with me. That magic. <laughs> okay. So it has been a fantasy of the Democratic Party to have socialized health care since at least Harry Truman's time, at the very least. Oh, Woodrow Wilson. Right. Or if not earlier. Right. In 1993, Hillary Clinton was tasked with giving us health care. It was regarded as a given by the corporate press this was going to happen. It was just working out the details. President Clinton held up the card that you could never take it away. And because she was so incompetent and such a mess, not only did she destroy this fantasy for the Democrats for a generation, she gave America the first Republican Congress in 40 years. Mm -hmm. So we have to thank Hillary Clinton Mm -hmm. for us not having this already, being Mm -hmm. 20 years. And second of all, yeah, it's very easy to convince someone if you go in a booth and press a button, you never have to worry about health care costs again. And people People don't understand incentives. They don't understand consequences. They don't understand how this would play out in real life. They just see, oh, free, boop, mm. you know, and that's what it comes down to. You, you, I'm thinking of Franklin, a republic. What have you given us, Mr. Franklin? A republic, if you can keep it. Yeah. We don't deserve to keep this. We will not keep this. It, we're not. We are not engaging our brains. We are just seeing, oh, free stuff. I want Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that's all it. I mean, we are we are Pavlov's dogs. I, I love the it. bell rings and we're like, yes, vote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Red pilled Glenn Beck is my favorite Glenn Beck. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna bring around to anarchism by the time I'm done with you. So like like we've never had so much access to information and yes. been so like profoundly that's ignorant. So frustrating. The fact is that like no country has this system that Bernie Sanders is proposing, except like Cuba and the former Soviet Union, right? Like in, in, in every single European country that has national health care, they also have private insurance. Yes. That's why this is misleading. I'll be able to keep my current health insurance. Well, not current, but you are going to have to pony up for insurance as well because you, everybody does in all of these socialist countries. It's worse. You get the crap. I got the flu. Okay, here's your shot. No, but if you need something yeah. important, you're paying. Well, here's how we like, all of those systems are, are fine for like basic things, like you have a headache or whatever. You go down to the doctor, no issues, right? Where, where they're absolutely catastrophic is when it comes to catastrophic care, mm-hmm. right? Yes. If like you're hit by a car, you have cancer, uh, you, you, you need a new hip bone or, or like a hip replacement or something like that. Those systems do not work for those complex procedures. We have a parallel system here, which is basically the school choice program, right? So you have free public education where your kids are going to be broken by design and being remolded into the image of the state. And people, especially poor people, are desperate to pay whatever they can to get their, these children out of these what I call literal prisons. Mm-hmm. And the parallel with the healthcare industry would be exactly the same. Yes, there would be free for a lot of people, but people would be desperate to be able to see their oncologist or someone else as someone who actually cares because that person is, has a reputation and is earning a profit and providing a service. And there will be people who will fight tooth and nail just as they fight tooth and nail to make sure your children are trapped under the auspices of their underlings to make sure, no, 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 you're not having your insurance. You have to suffer equally with everybody else. Do you, you know, you mentioned earlier that you blame the right a little bit for some of these. A lot. Okay, a lot. Yes. uh, For some of these problems. Is this one of the problems that you blame on the right as far as teaching everyone history? Yes, because I have not heard any right wing alternatives to this. This is a vision, right? He's like, hey, Mm -hmm. we can come together as a country. Mm -hmm. Everyone else does it. Why don't we do it? We can afford it. We can afford wars. All of those mottos seem and ring true to people on emotional level. The right wing response is, uh, repeal and replace, except we're not going to do that uh, when we have the majority. So you can't beat something with nothing. Well, here's, here's the thing that is going to replace all of this unless we kill it first. And that's technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, AI is going to diagnose you faster and better than the world's greatest doctor. They'll be able to perform um, medical miracles through AI and through robotics with a human being the one like, I think this is the on switch, okay? <laughs> it's going to change everything. You're going to have access to a doctor, it just won't be a real doctor, 24-7. You'll have Amazon delivering goods to your home. The price of healthcare is going to go through the floor soon, soon. It's like, I've got an 84-inch Sony television, and I only paid $80,000. Well, you're stupid, because in just a few years, that's going to be about $800 at, at, at Costco. Yeah. Okay? That's what's going to happen to our medical industry. And there's also a dark side that we're not talking about. And I saw a headline recently. I don't know how accurate it was, and I'm going to assume it wasn't accurate. But they were passing a law in Britain where you can... Uh, if you don't ha- want to treat someone who you regard as racist or offensive, you don't have I to as an employee well. of the state. Now, You've got to be able to abort a child. 
Right. No yes. matter what your conscience says, but if they're racist, you don't have to treat them. All the progressive arguments historically about monopolies, you know, what happens when you have Standard Oil running a gasoline company and then everyone's screwed in their hat in hand having to pay outrageous prices. Those economic principles apply just as well when the mono- government is the monopoly, when you have no accountability. And we've all dealt with that uh, uh, bureaucrat, whether in private or public industry, that person behind the desk who gets off on their sense of power. Now, what happens when that person behind the desk doesn't want to give you your medicine or doesn't want to refer you somewhere, where you, who are you going to complain? Try complaining at the post office. It's not going to get you far. Mm. Yeah, I also think like kind of like what you were saying in terms of like the right needs to offer a healthcare vision. There are actually, you know, it's funny, like we talk a lot about Europe, but the, the healthcare systems really, really vary dramatically by country. So there are actually like two countries that the right could point to as kind of being like, like more or less like role models for the United States to follow. One of them is Switzerland, which has achieved 100% universal coverage through an entirely private healthcare <laughs> system. It's it's a, it's almost like it's like a much better designed version of Obamacare because there's there's a lot of competition. Um, you know you know the way it works is basically if your income is below a certain level, the the government will give you some money to buy private insurance, but it's entirely private. It's and and, and that's why they they also have some of the best quality care in all of Europe. Mm-hmm. So I do think we could look at a system like that. As something to kind of base our, our like like whatever our improvements are, are going to be in the future, instead of Medicare for all. Yeah. Why are which, we not hearing about this every five minutes? Yeah, right. like why do are we, we not get, talking about this? Do we get the hot chocolate and the little miss with it? That's the, that's the best the part. Swiss Miss <laughs> and the chocolate. I'm in. Yes, yeah. there will be chocolate. <laughs> yeah, there will be. Oh, there will be chocolate. <laughs> Last thing I need is chocolate. <laughs> Yavore, here is your chocolate. Really, it's yummy. <laughs> Director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, has said that U.S. health officials now expect to see a coronavirus epidemic within the United States. She said, as more and more countries experience community spread, successful containment at our borders becomes harder and harder. Uh, She also said that two out of three requirements for a, quote, pandemic of new disease have been met and that Americans should begin preparations for a mass spread. It's not a question of if this will happen, but when this will happen and how many people in this country will have severe illnesses. Disruption to everyday life might be severe. What does yeah. preparation mean? What are you supposed to do? Easy. Um, you, if you don't have N95 masks right now, mm-hmm. you're going to run out of time of getting them. Okay, They're from 3M. They're easy. You can buy them at Home Depot. Buy your N95 masks. I'm writing this down. Um, it, you should have <laughs> you should have at least two weeks. My wife today. We have food storage. Yes, okay? emergency food. So we have emergency food storage. But she's also at Costco today, getting powdered milk, getting some flour, getting lots of cereal. Just have stuff on hand so you can survive without going out of your house. The only things that are open right now in China are the grocery stores and the uh, convenience stores. And only 70% of them are open today, not two weeks ago, today. All right. So you're going to have shortages coming because China is not going to be shipping. They're not producing. Europe is going to be closing things down. We're going to be putting in orders, but nobody's going to be fulfilling them. So our grocery stores are going to start looking like we have not seen since maybe the 1940s. Um, And you're going to have shortages of stuff. So you just right now, calmly, 
rationally double up on the things that last. You buy extra laundry detergent because you know you're going to be able to use it if it doesn't happen. Just double up on everything right now and have it and be prepared to work from home. You know, the, this, this um, warning from the CDC is, is disturbing. They're, they're major disruptions or severe disruptions is what they're talking about. So your children won't be going to school. You most likely, in that CDC report, they're saying, prepare for a time when your children are not going to school and you are not going to work. You'll have to work from home. Well, there's a lot of people that can't work from home, yeah. which means the, you know, the McDonald's or the Sonic or the, the Starbucks, they're not going to be operating. So for all of those people that don't have a job that will, they'll be able to produce for at home, mm -hmm. you're not going to have income coming in. So this is a prepare for a massive shock to the system. America will be unlike anybody even me sitting at this table has ever seen before. On that note, do we have enough monitors that maybe we could just put one in each chair and we can all Skype in so we don't have to come into I will tell you this. Yeah. People said two weeks ago that I was crazy when I talked to uh, network officials uh, on different networks because I have lots of shows going out and different contracts. And I talked to them all again yesterday and I said, so you guys planning? And they said, honestly, we thought we hung up the phone a couple of weeks ago and asked Crazy Glenn. <laughs> and they said... Uh, just been thinking about it uh, over the weekend and today we're making plans now. So if you own a small business, you should be making plans now. If you own a small business, no. I mean, right now China has 26% of their small businesses will be out of cash by the end of the month, meaning they won't be able to pay their employees. They have no incoming cash. Um, 89% of the businesses in China only have three months before they're completely out of cash. There's no bailouts coming. There's not enough money. It's $40 trillion, not enough money. Yeah. And I think people don't remember that the 1918 flu epidemic killed more people than World War I, um, including Randolph Bourne, who was a great uh, progressive hero. Um, hopefully this is gonna be more like uh, you know, uh, Zika or some of these other things, which obviously was a huge tragedy, but this, the way the projections we've all seen, this could be very, very terrifying very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, well, in spite of that, President Trump still asserted this week that the coronavirus is, quote, very much under control in the U.S., um, even as stock markets plunged. Yeah, I guess he does. The he Coover, can't. Yeah. Right, you can't uh, create chaos uh, or panic. He said the coronavirus is very much under control in the USA. We're in contact with everyone and all relevant countries. CDC and World Health have been working hard and very smart stock market starting to look very good to me. Okay, so they, he got heat on the stock market starting to look good to me. And I read maybe New York Times, they're like, what is he thinking? Stock market was down a thousand points. Yeah. What he's trying to say is, yeah, when it's down, that's when you buy. You yeah. don't buy at the top, you buy at the bottom. Right. We are a long way away from the bottom if the CDC is true. Um, the the one-two punch here that concerns me is coronavirus and Bernie Sanders. We could be in a full-fledged depression in a year if both of those things hit. Yeah, so Michael, uh, yesterday we talked with Glenn about uh, just kind of the perfect storm of if the coronavirus really takes hold in the United States and people are seeing the, the repercussions and the consequences of that happening at the same time that they're going to the polls, that they perhaps vote for 
Bernie Sanders or whoever the Democrat is. Whoever's offering them free everything. Well, you're not going to vote for the guy who's in charge of the plague, you know what I mean? While people, I mean, yeah, of course, if people are scared, they're going to, on the other hand, no, I'll I'll play devil's advocate. A lot of times when people are scared, they double down. Uh, This is how Wilson got reelected in in Mm -hmm. 1916. It worked in many ways for George W. Bush. So, but I I mean, the politics of this is something I don't even feel comfortable really kind of playing out because it's just, the the reality is so disturbing. Because these people go down so hard so fast, that's what's so scary about this. Good news is I don't think, I mean, Chinese, the Chinese official communist newspaper said two days ago that the Chinese government has no choice. There's not a bailout bailout big enough. They've got to go to austerity. And so the Chinese newspaper said, but that is going to cause major strife and upheaval, upheaval. Maybe this is a time that we could actually afford to do some smart bailouts of just Suspending mortgage for three months. I don't know the ramifications of all this, but how can we help people when no income is coming in for anybody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where the president could, and I think he's the kind of guy who would step up and be FDR, good or bad, in this situation. I also think like you could just point to the, the Chinese healthcare system and say, this is what we don't want here. That's what's so frustrating. I have not heard any mainstream media sources actually showing the differences of... Right. Hey, look at their healthcare system and how different it is from ours. And they're all in overcrowded facilities waiting for a really long time to be seen. Organ harvesting of people who are minor, dissidents. Mm-hmm. Minor and details. Minorities. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but they have good literacy programs. Yeah. Well, it's hard. I mean, all those characters. I mean, I can't even match what the dictionaries look like. Go ahead, Giancarlo. No, no, I got nothing to add. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, I thought you had more than that. All right. Yeah. Back in a minute. Yeah, it is really frustrating. Yesterday's poll, will the DNC actually let Bernie take the Democratic nomination? Uh, 74% of you said no, which is kind of, that's a high number of you who said no. 26% said yes. Glenn, Uh, what's with those results? Some people just like to watch the world burn. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what will happen. This guy's like, that's me. That's me. That's me. Uh, And then today's poll, will the 2020 Democrats continue to target mini Mike Bloomberg at the debate tonight or go after the frontrunner Bernie Sanders? If they want to have a chance of winning, they should all turn their guns to Bernie Sanders. But I don't know if they will. I think but that would help him because his ads are now saying the establishment's scared of me. So he's like, look, they're all scared of me. I'm the one bringing real change to the Democratic Party. It does seem like he is the their target as of right now. I mean, you've heard yes. Pete Buttigieg come out against him. Joe Biden's come out against him, especially well, sure. with his recent Castro comments. So I'm, it feels like they're going to I attack I think him. Joe Biden, uh, there's a good chance that Joe Biden says so at some point tonight, I've lost my remote control. Where is the remote control? So I... What do you think, Giancarlo? <laughs> I think they're going to broaden their attacks a little bit, but but Mike Bloomberg's still going to be the, the, their target because they saw how Elizabeth Warren's pool numbers went up a little bit after the last debate when she did that, so they're going to try to replicate that. Well, this is one thing politicians love, it's power. So you don't want to alienate the front runner if you want a seat in his administration or something mm. like that, and they're going to have to fall in line. And Buttigieg, I think, is going to be, I think he's going to try to play that really centrist, nice guy yeah. kind of... You know, we oh, all really, gosh, this is really bad. We should all love each other. Who do you think has the most to lose tonight? Ooh. Uh, Sanders. So. Yeah, that's me. I asked the hard question. I think Warren. Yeah. Sanders. Think Warren, Warren, she could be just completely Sanders. written off. 
Right. I think Warren's done anyway. Sanders is the one who's got the most to lose because he's the clear front runner now. I think if Biden says he's running for U.S. Senate, <laughs> uh, I think he could really be hurt in South Carolina. And, and he could win in a landslide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever hey, Senate we seat. We haven't tried a completely senile guy. Let's try that. Let's try it. What See what I- happens. Uh, Michael, really quickly, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, on Twitter at Michael Malice, uh, Michael Malice, and I apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, go get his podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's called You're Welcome. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Oh, thanks to you guys, too. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.